0: Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Bear With Us with Jordan Jensen and Joe Golanski. In this episode, we rank our five most impactful moves from around the NFL this offseason so far. Hope everyone is staying safe and self-quarantining at home during this coronavirus pandemic. Hope you guys enjoy What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Bear with Us. I'm Jordan Jensen. Still, Joe Bolansky, and uh, I guess you just want to call this part two of one giant podcast. Sure, we could, we could, or, or part dos
1: if you if you speak Spanish.
0: Numero. See,
1: if, if you do speak Spanish, though. You listen, you do what you want, but I don't get why I'd be listening to this because it's it's in English and you wouldn't understand. But at least you'll understand what part it is. You can listen to exactly. the first thirty and then exactly just keep and then just keep it on because you're like, huh? Don't know what these guys are saying, but I like them. See, so right. we're casting we're casting a wide net.
0: They sound like they're smart, but are they? I don't know. Listen and find out. We're hey man, I mean, we're so we're still trying to figure out figure that out too. I mean, really.
1: That is true.
0: I mean, I and I, I really don't know. I mean, we we might never find that out. But anyways, part those is the most impactful. The five most Im- impactful off season moves this so far this NFL off season. Uh, so for those of you who did just listen to our previous podcast and and stream, I guess if you watched it since we're doing this yeah i forgot about that um we just did the five most head scratching moves and now we're going to be a little bit more positive with things since everyone needs more positivity in their quarantined lives so joe without further ado who's number five on your list
1: number five all right so i'll be honest with you this this was hard because, again, I don't, my list is huge. It's definitely more than five, and there is kind of a yeah. lot of good ones. But I'll start it out. We talked about it a little bit on last episode. I'm going to go Calais Campbell getting traded to the Ravens.
0: Hey, yes. I'm with you. He is also my number five. Well, like, he's still, first of all, he's just a freak. He's just
1: a massive human he's being.
0: He's like six, eight, 400 pounds, it seems like. He's just a ginormous man.
1: And he's he's still an impact player, he's still got Absolutely. gas in the tank. Absolutely. And that's huge for the Ravens. Based upon huge. based upon a little bit of you know, two years ago building, then you had this past season, they make it to the playoffs, and now right. you're gonna add a piece like Calais Campbell here to an already pretty solid defense, right? But they just right. got a lot better, and there's some additional additions that might be talked about later. But right. Any time a team like I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a Calais Campbell fan, but anyone who has Calais Campbell on their team instantly becomes better.
0: Absolutely, no, yeah, I'm with he's- you. <laughs> everything you just said. Uh, um, um, yeah, he's a he. He just makes everything better. I mean, he's a, he can rush the passer from the inside, from the outside. He's a good run defender. He's made. He's not the all pro that he was when he signed with Jacksonville two or three years ago. But if you're, if you're throwing him on a good defense and not asking him to be the guy, Holy shit. Can he still do that? And all you had to do was give up a fifth round pick for this guy. Oh, that's great. And not only is it that they got Clayus Campbell is that, They needed guys like Calais Campbell. I mean, before, I mean, they, for a brief time, they also had, they also signed uh, Michael Brockers from, uh, from LA. And, you know, stuff happened. I don't really know the details, but he goes back to LA. And, but still, the one thing that they really needed to do, the Ravens said, is that they got exposed of last season in the playoffs against Tennessee was stopping the run and being more physical up front on defense. And they did that all across the board this offseason. They brought in Derek Wolfe, like you mentioned to me earlier, um, Claes Campbell. I mean, they brought back Matthew Judon. And, of course, they, they had and They'll still probably add either in the draft or in free agency after the draft but that that move to me stood out more than anything else they made it's perfect he can rush the passer he can he can defend the run he's exactly what baltimore needs and all they gave up was a fifth round pick that's just it's such a great move and from every aspect it's absolutely perfect perfect
1: and, and again with 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 the fifth round like that that's not as much like highway robbery as you know between the texans and the cardinals and i get that clay like at this point he's also kind of older but there's still stuff in the tank like a bit, right. like that's not bad at all and right. they did sign him to to the extension um two years 27 with 20 guaranteed so it's essentially like 10 a year that's not right. bad at all
0: no and not at all and
1: and that contract is kind of perfect for this window that the ravens have put themselves in
0: perfect right yeah, like absolutely
1: and even even if he needs to uh, de- again, depending on the situation, maybe he resigns after two years if that window was still open, but right. while it's here, that's an awesome addition. It's just Perfect. that n- not only now do they have they had a- they had a pretty good second right they have yeah. um Marcus Peters um,
0: who's he, who's the guy from Grand uh Carr Brandon Carr?
1: Yeah, I forgot Brandon Carr is still uh, there.
0: Jimmy Smith. Uh, yeah, they yeah. added
1: Jimmy Smith, like so this defense is solid. Like yeah, when you have the, the way type around. of when you have the type of offense that Baltimore has, you're going to put up points. So like you don't necessarily have to have a great defense, but they've put together a great defense. Now, again, they they did franchise tag Judon, so it'll be interesting to see if they still look to move him and he signs and trades with another team or if he does play this year under the franchise tag, that's just a bonus for, for Baltimore exactly. because we could, we could see this defense do things or oof, this, this might be a stretch here, but since when they won the Super Bowl with frigging Trent Dilfer, like I'm talking. That's a
0: little bit of a stretch. I think, I mean, I, mean, I get yeah. that, that defense was in its prime at the time. Yeah.
1: I don't know, man, this this Ravens defense gets me fired up. It's, it's, Going to be awesome. It was that was that it's, was
0: a huge get for him. It's going to be a, a really good defense. I'm not so sure. Like, if we're throwing him in that 2000s Ravens defense, that's like all time level. All
1: I right, don't even fair. know if
0: they're the best defense in, in the league, you know, this coming season. They're going to be up there, that's for sure. But if we're going to put them in that all time level, it's like, man, this is the number one defense without question hands down every position is just stacked and i don't i don't see that with them i see that's
1: fair i see a i might really have got good a little defense. carried away
0: yeah but i might have
1: got hey, a little carried away getting fired up
0: it's all right it's all right that's what the show is, is is supposed to be all about uh so yeah i mean you just took my number five away from me so i'm gonna go four. uh that's fair uh the chargers signing cornerback chris harris to a okay. two, two, two year, I think it was 20 million, I think. So 10 million a year for in a short term deal with one of the best and most productive corners in the league. Uh, but one, one thing that does scare me about Chris Harris is I trust Vic Fangio's judgment on defensive players more than anyone in the league. And if he is willing to let you walk, that scares me quite a bit, to be honest. But I've seen the track record with Chris Harris for too long now to not trust him and believe in his abilities and at that contract. And given on top of the Chargers' defense already is really good. They had the sixth-ranked pass defense last year, and that's that was when Casey Hayward was in and out of the lineup. They have a great um, nickel corner in Desmond King. And Derwin James didn't play, you know, didn't play last season. Yeah. That secondary to go along with the pass rush they had with guys like Bosa and uh, Melvin Ingram on the edge. And I can't remember the addition they made up the middle, but they got another guy to go in between those guys. Those guys on top of that secondary, if they can stay healthy, that defense looks in. Credible. the secondary the pass rush it's absolutely it's nightmarish it's nightmarish it, it and they had a really good defense before this and now they just take another step um, another step up to elite level defense
1: that's that, that's good I, I i would agree with that that yeah it's it's adding another proven piece right like we know what chris harris is so exactly again, we kind of talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but yeah, the way this defense now is kind of put together, it's like, well, okay, maybe you're fine with Tyrod Taylor to a certain degree being a game manager because right. that defense is going to keep them in games. Yeah. So it, you know, This is a perfect defense to have kind of during a transition period to a certain degree. Right. Because I don't think Tyrod, he's not it, but He's like he's good, but he's okay, right? Like he's right. I mean, hell, with all due respect, if Philip Rivers could never really quite get it done, now I'm not comparing Tyrod to Philip Rivers, right. but right, like I, I don't know. So yeah, I, th- that's a huge get for him, and I'll be honest with you, I was surprised that yeah, Denver Fangio would let him walk, yeah. right? But I got to think that they, they have a plan in Denver. That's what yeah, that, me too. That's what that tells me. So if you're if you're a Denver fan, I. You know he was a fan favorite. Why wouldn't he be? So it sucks to see him leave, but I don't think that that puts Denver in a real bad spot.
0: No, especially when they're bringing AJ Bouye, you know, to replace him. They'll be fine. It's it's just weird to kind of willingly let someone with at the caliber of Chris Harris at the position that he plays, cornerback, where you really are starving for guys as good as him. Letting him go seems kind of uh, like, you know, question marks. But that team, that defense at least, is just going to be, that defense is going to be incredible. I I really, I really, they can make the playoffs with Tyrod, but they're not winning the Super Bowl with Tyrod. I really hope that they take a chance on a guy like Jameis Winston or Cam Newton, or, or at the very least it looks like, They're going to draft a quarterback with their first pick. You know, whoever that is, whether that's Herbert, whether that's Love, you know, whether that's Tua, if he falls to them, you know, whoever, whoever it may be. But the problem is, if they go that route, how long do you have to wait for a rookie quarterback to be Super Bowl level? You know, like that might take a couple of years. And this roster is win now. You know, who knows, like we've seen it with Jacksonville, who knows what the roster is going to look like next year. You know, how quickly things can go away. But if a quarterback can come in, a rookie guy can come in and really light things up. Oh, that could that could be scary, not only next year, but for for years to come, really.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, sticking on the defensive line, my number four. I'm going to Forrest Buckner to the Colts. Oh. And that was kind of a surprise to me, right? Like
0: shocking. Now, yeah. well, not shocking, but yeah,
1: you know, because obviously the 49ers have just been hoarding defensive linemen for the last couple of years, right?
0: Yes. So yes, they have.
1: The, it's almost kind of like a plug and play situation where it, San Francisco isn't necessarily getting inherently worse by him leaving, but Indianapolis is getting inherently better by him getting there, right? Right. So. I, I just think with, with the mix of, um, Leonard Floyd, no, not Leonard Floyd. It's the linebacker.
0: Oh, um, Darius, Leonard. Darius Leonard. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, you know, a mix with that. And obviously I guess I could possibly be foreshadowing maybe one of yours, but, and then adding guy like Phillip rivers. Now we could talk about that later. Cause I could digress about that, but just. Adding to Forest there is huge, right? Like
0: it is, it, and it, it, at
1: this point, the, their only competition for that division is Tennessee, right, as far as exactly. I'm concerned. So yeah. it's 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 a, it's a huge get. Like I don't, I don't know. Uh, the move had me lost for words. I'll say that as it is obviously visible right now. Like I would yeah. have never expected that to happen, but it right. did, and it wasn't uh, like a crazy cost for them.
0: Right or no? No, it was just no, it a wasn't. first round pick. It was just you know, nice and, and like simple the back across the... the board.
1: Yeah, it was like in the back end of the draft too. So like nothing, nothing crazy. So uh, that's, that's. I mean, I think huge... it
0: was actually like uh, I think it was the 13th pick. Oh, was it? I think so. It was somewhere. It was somewhere between 11 and 14. Um, but, but to still, go it's, to it's go off, huge... yeah. For for Chris Ballard to
1: to be able to bring him in. And like I said, he he instantly makes that team better on top of a young defense that they're already in the process of building.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, This might be my favorite move of the offseason. And and, and and here's why. I think it's absolutely perfect, balanced, the most well, like fair trade I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the Colts are getting a great defensive lineman who can play all across the defense and it's exactly what they need. And the 49ers are saying, we already have a great defense. We have a million guys who can play defensive line. We don't need him. So what do they do? They get a first round pick that they can, a a decent first round pick that they can use on a receiver or, or something that they need more of. So, and it's like, both teams are getting exactly what they need and what they want. And I don't feel like either team, you know, they they got a first round pick, that's good. They got DeForest Buckner, good. Like both sides are probably so happy right yeah. now. And that's why it's one of my favorite favorite moves. And and that's the thing. You could put this on most impactful for either team. Really? I mean, if you wanted to say San Francisco need they get another first round pick. You know, now they have two, you know, and one, like I said, I don't remember. I I think it's 13, but they have 13 and 31 now. Like. That helps them out so much, you know, like imagine if they get a guy like um, Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb or, you know, one of these incredible wide receivers with that 13th pick and that offense, it could it could be incredible. But you could also say the exact same thing about adding DeForest Buckner to that defense with the Colts. Like, it's it's, it's my favorite trade. My favorite trade. My favorite trade. But like you said, you didn't see it coming. You know, no one talks about DeForest Buckner trade rumors, you know? I mean, no one no one even thinks about that, you know? You, you think of guys like Kilo Mack who, who hold out, you know, and, and those trade rumors exist. But, like, this team just came off the Super, the Super Bowl and they're trading one of their best defensive players. It, it it was like, oh, OK, you know. All right. Uh, that was kind of weird. But, yeah, both sides are probably like we got an A, you know, we we, we did. We got, we got exactly what we needed and we didn't give up too much.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, like if you're a 49ers fan, um, Lynch has proven that he knows how to draft. Right. Like, yes. there there's very few misses in the draft during his time as GM of the Niners he like he knows how to put a team together so giving him more firepower more capital to find right. and again to force buckner is good but he was in a position or the 49ers were in a position where he kind of was disposable again yeah, because exactly. they have so much up front so, so many it's, yeah. a, it's it is it's a win-win for for both teams and yeah i agree that it's one of the more equal trades that you'll see in sports
0: absolutely uh, going up to number three, you had this on your other list. I'm going to, I want to combine the, um, two moves by one team and I'm going to Cleveland bringing in Jack Conklin on a three year, $42 million deal and also signing Hooper to that four year, $44 million deal. And before I get into it too far, um, the one thing that the Browns struggled with the most was the offensive line. Yep. Everyone knows that it was absolutely atrocious. They have all these skill um, position players who are incredibly talented, but they had no talent on the offensive line anywhere. And they went and got the best one on the market, in my in my uh, opinion. Jack Conklin's only 25 or 26 years old. They give him a three or forty-two million dollar contract, and he is like the exact, the exact lineman that a guy like Kevin Stefanski wants in his system. And again, in going with Austin Hooper, I would not have paid him to be the highest paid tight end in the league. That is a stretch. He is not that good. He kind of reminds me, if if from our earlier conversation about Stefan Diggs, where he's not in this tier of the top guys. I'm not comparing him to Kittle. I'm not comparing him to Ertz. I'm not comparing him to um, Travis Kelsey. But after those three, he's kind of right up there. So he's solid, but he's not this absolute game changing, game wrecking, just offense changing dynamic player.
1: Yep, Good player,
0: though. Good player. And to me, and if you look at Stefanski's offense, you know, you I think of a guy kind of like Kyle Rudolph, you know, tight ends kind of like that, where, you know, they're not overly athletic. They're not game wrecking. But, I mean, if you look at tight ends, touchdowns year in, year out, Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is right at the top of that, you know, and he's not athletic, you know, he's not unathletic, you know, to say, but he doesn't blow you away at all. He's just an all-around solid football player. And to me, that's what kind of Austin Hooper is. Yeah, did they overpay for him? Yeah, I I think so. You know, I thought he was going to get more, so maybe my initial reaction was, oh, it's kind of cheap, but still, that's a lot of money for not the best tight end in the league, especially when you already have so many guys who you have to give the ball to. You know, you exactly. have Shub, you have Hunt, you have Landry, and and Joku is an incredible freak of nature. Yep. Like he, to me, he he's a better, he's more like these. He's kind of more. Uh, I'm trying to compare it maybe back to New England, and this is gonna sound awful, but he's more comparable to Aaron Hernandez. Yeah than Rob Gronkowski, if that makes any sense, if we're trying to compare those two football players, where he's kind of the more wide receiver who just happens to be a tight end type of guy, as Hooper's more of the traditional multi-purposeful tight end. And to me, that's exactly what Stefanski needs in his his system. So, to me, it's it's a good amount of money for both of those guys. But the fits that they make, not only on the field, but in the locker room, culture-wise, I think are are really good signings for Cleveland. Does does, does this make them Super Bowl contenders or you know uh, AFC North favorites? I don't know. They're really a giant question mark for me still. But to me, they spent money on guys who you're not really too worried about in the locker room. You're not really worried about them causing trouble, and they fit. The offense, which is most important for me,
1: yeah, especially to to go out and to, to get Conklin and address that offensive line mm-hmm. that was so bad. Like that's huge. Now, obviously, one one position isn't gonna absolutely right. change it, but it's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Right? So they they addressed a need that they needed, and they did it well. So mm-hmm. I I could agree with that. I like I like the Conklin more than I like the Hooper. Me, me but too. in terms, yeah. But in terms of performance as a team, I, I, I could see them being ha, having one of the more successful off seasons for what they needed. They didn't exactly. necessarily they didn't make a ton of splash, but they addressed the needs that, in turn, can produce the splash in the right. upcoming season when that ever happens.
0: Exactly the the um not this off season but the season before they quote unquote won the off season with sexy moves. You know, obviously the yeah. Odell oh, Beckham move stands out more than anything. And getting those guys with big names and big talents are good, but you need like you, you need the non-sexy guys, the non-sexy positions of your team to really carry those guys. You know, they don't get the love and publicity, but that's really that's really what wins games and and, and Super Bowls and I think they they really realized that this year. You know, that they need to be better up front, especially offensively, more physical, and not be this sexy, flashy team. And I think that's what they got in Stefanski, and I think that's what they got in Hooper, that's what they got in Conklin, that's what they're trying to get more of. So I applaud them for it. Let's see if it works. They still have more to do. They still have to address that offensive line more and more and more. But it's a big step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the like frustrating things for the Browns. I'll we don't I'll wrap this up here, try to make this quick because we don't need a whole Browns thing, but it's like, yeah, they do have the bright, shiny names, but they continue to underachieve. Absolutely. So is this finally that is this finally that turning point where we see the Browns team that everybody thought we were going to see, that we know they can be. Right. You know, so this is definitely a step in the right direction. My number three, we're on number three. Yeah. Yes. You could look at this a couple ways, Um, but I have it kind of in the, you know, better category, the best category. But I like Teddy B to Carolina. Now, whatever your opinions are about Cam, you could say, oh, why would they move on? But I think this is, Teddy B is the perfect quarterback for the situation that the Panthers are in, right? They're hitting the reset button. They're starting fresh. They're bringing in Matt Rule. He's bringing in all of his guys, looking to get more analytics getting younger and i think that's like this is a perfect spot for teddy b it stinks that we couldn't have seen him stay and hold it out a little longer in new orleans and then would have been bree's successor because i Mm. I think that could have worked too but bringing in teddy b to carolina and essentially he's going to become the starter because cam will be on the move however that happens I, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction for Carolina, especially then adding Robbie Anderson on top of that, Yeah, on top of all of this new coaches, excuse me, coach in front office. It's, it's a reset button for everybody there. And I think Teddy B is the perfect guy for that because he's proven that he can be a starter. So he can have oh, success. Absolutely. So, you know, I think now, obviously new Orleans is still in that division. Now they got to worry about Tampa Bay. And while this sounds dumb, well, take two—you know, take two out of the four division teams out of a division, and they could be champs. But I do believe that about Carolina. I, I do like what they're building there, and it—it's it, creating. Yeah. They're establishing their culture. They're building that foundation. And Teddy B is the guy you want to dig yeah. with that first shovel.
0: Yeah, that's totally spot on. Um, and it, it's not only you know Matt Rule, but Teddy B hooking back up with Joe Brady. You know, yep. I mean, obviously, Teddy B didn't really get on the field when Brady was in New Orleans with Teddy B, but you know, that had to be one of the bigger factors in him going to Carolina because before Teddy went to Carolina, Carolina was, at least in my opinion, in the way that I was viewing them was man, they're in tank mode. Not only are they in reset mode, but they are in tank mode. Like, Luke Kuechly retired. They're losing guys off that defense. You know, they, it doesn't seem like they want Cam and then they do want Cam. But why do they want Cam? Do they just want him to be the bad so they can maybe get Trevor Lawrence next year? You know, you didn't know. Rule Rule was just coming in. He was making all these moves, getting his guys, setting his culture. And you thought, OK, if he's going to do all this, it's going to take some time and it's going to take a couple years. They're going to be really bad and and hit the tank and hit the tank button. But they did not so, I like yep. it, it. Didn't I did not even think that they would be in the market for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, but since they did, it changed everything. And, you know, it allowed yep. them to allowed, allowed them to get Robbie Anderson, who I didn't know played under Matt Rule at Temple. Did. I mean, that? that's a great move. They're actually starting to make win now moves, which yeah. I did not see happening at all before they signed Teddy B. I would have told you that they would be probably the worst roster in the league before a free agency started. And now, offensively at least, they still have a lot of work to do defensively. They lost Bradbury. They lost Keekly. Offensively, they got a lot of weapons. They got a ton. DJ Moore, McCaffrey, uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, Greg Olson left. So, I mean, they need a tight end, I guess. But offensively, they got weapons to go around a guy like Teddy B and a guy like Joe Brady who, I mean, I, you can't help but love and think he's going to be great. You can't. Yep. I mean, after what he just did last year at LSU, and I get it, it was just one year. But holy fucking shit. Like, that yep. was incredible what he did. And, it, you know, if he can just do 70% of what he did in uh, with, with LSU. Carolina's going to be good next year. I don't care who's, you know, I don't care what kind of teams they have in that division. They're going to be good next year. So that's, you're right. It was one of the more surprising moves to me because I didn't see it coming. But every single day since it, since that, um, since they he went to Carolina, I've liked it more and more and more, more and more and more each and every day. I really like Carolina. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, is there anything Number else you want? Number two, it's, it's hard to me it, when, when I think of most impactful w- one and two can go different ways. Cause if we're, if we're saying impactful, how can Tom Brady not be the most impactful, like the greatest quarterback of all time going to a team? How is that not the most impactful move of the offseason? But I, I'm kind of back and forth on how I feel Tom Brady is going to perform next next season. You know, I mean, he's got all the weapons. He's got Arians, you know, who is just this really great um, air raid quarterback. I guess you want to call it. His pass offenses are always very elite. I don't know if it really puts them over the top. I don't know how he's going to perform next year. He's gonna be good, I guess, but how good? I don't know how good that defense is. It's a good division, you know. It's it looks great on paper, and it's a definite upgrade, but does it make them Super Bowl contenders? I I don't know. Like it, it wouldn't shock me if they went nine and seven and didn't make the playoffs, but it also wouldn't shock me if they went. Thirteen and three and won the and won the division and Tom Brady won the MVP. So I don't I don't know. It's definitely impactful because, like I said, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, and he's coming to Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Uh, I always say OJ Simpson. Uh, OJ Howard. OJ yep. Howard. Uh, he's got all the weapons, and it makes all the sense. Can he do it? Is he still the same guy? We'll figure that out.
1: see, and I I feel like like that'll be true because I don't know that I got to think this is the best offense all around that. He's kind of been around in some time, right? Like, yeah, there was, there was always kind of glaring holes and he was able to do a lot with nothing at certain times in New England. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So stepping into the offensive position for that alone, I I think could have the Bucs see immediate success. Like it you could, could
0: have, and it wouldn't shock me.
1: And I mean, they bring back Ndana Kung Su, so like there's another piece yeah. now. Granted, he's not the same, but he's always going to be Ndana Kung Su. So like, right. you know, but yeah, that's a tough division. But I had right. I had that as my no- I had him in my next pick, bouncing back between one and two because yeah, yeah. any any time that someone like Brady, a caliber player like Brady, moves moves on from somewhere, right. That's that's going to be the most impactful thing, not only for exactly. the team that he goes to, but then for the team that he left behind.
0: Exactly. Yo, oh, I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I,
1: and I personally feel like there was a lot of like rumblings and stuff saying, "Oh, yeah, he will leave New England," but I never believed it. Right? I didn't either. Like I just kind of figured, like, yeah, okay. Like it didn't seem like New England was in the spot where it was like, okay, now it's time for Tom to leave. Right. right, because it never seemed like they had. There was a succession plan. It right. didn't seem like that was something that Bill was working on. Because it was like, all right, cool, Tom's our guy until he tells us he's not. And I think that kind of happened a lot sooner than than what I thought. But again, there was kind of rumblings all off season that he was going to leave, and people would have been surprised if he didn't. But I was surprised right. that he did because again, there was no heir apparent or a clear heir apparent in line to him in New England, and. Again, Bruce, Bruce Arians is going to have a field day because he's going to go from Jameis, who's a turnover machine mm-hmm. to Brady, who doesn't really turn the ball over.
0: Right, exactly. And and it and it makes sense. You know, when you when you put it that way, that Tom Brady is simply just not going to throw 30 interceptions, they will win more games. Right. That makes a hundred. That makes. That's. Nothing can make more sense than that. I'm worried that these weapons that they have, and even though they are great, great, great weapons, I don't know if Tom Brady has the downfield arm strength anymore to take full advantage of those that Jameis did have. Even though he was a turnover machine— He has that arm downfield to really take advantage of those guys. So can those guys who are really great down the field, Godwin and Evans, can they – how versatile are their games? Can they play this more, you know, like we've seen Tom be so successful with these short to intermediate throws to guys like Julian Edelman, Deion Branch back in the days. If they can be those kind of wide receivers, then this should be great. Because Tom can, every once in a while, throw the ball 55, 60 yards and be great. But he can't do that every time. He's not that guy. He's never really really been that guy. I mean, when he had Randy Moss, I guess he was more that guy than any other point in his career. But when we've seen Tom Brady at his best, he's had guys like uh, James White, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. You know, these guys who run the short, intermediate routes.
1: Yeah, can get that yard after that. contact.
0: Exactly. If they can do that, they'll be gold. They'll be absolutely golden. But if they think that, if they think that he's just going to be throwing the ball thirty plus yards downfield, like you know, almost every time he drops back there, they could be they could run into some problems.
1: And that like that that's like a valid point, and I agree with that. But at the same time, it's like if there's anybody who could try to figure out all right, how we're going to try to utilize Tom, it's Bruce Arian. That's so Bruce. he's yeah. he, he, he's stepping into like a perfect situation. And again, yeah. now we will, it can look great on paper. We have to see how it's going to look on the field. Exactly. And yeah, obviously being in a tough division doesn't help, but no, I, I had Tom and this next one mixed for, for one and two.
0: And who is your number one?
1: Well, since we won't, I won't do repeats. I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins, man, because <laughs> you look at what they're building in yeah. in the desert out there in Arizona. You have a young quarterback. You have a young head coach. Again, highway robbery. It hardly cost Arizona anything. And, like, what gets me fired up is you have arguably a top two wide receiver in the league. Again, you could even say one. I, I really do think that it, it could be split between, like, Either him and Michael Thomas or him and Julio. Yeah. Um, but regardless, an elite class of wide receiver and now he's gonna get to be able to sit on the bench and talk with Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald himself, like that just the prospect of, of Nuke being able to learn from Fitz, like that fires me up. That is awesome. That is sweet. Like yeah, he's already so damn good, that's only gonna make him better, which is scary Absolutely. because again, while maybe to a certain degree, the physical tools will eventually regress the mental part of it, the just football knowledge that he's going to be able to get from Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah.
0: It's going to be insane.
1: never retire. So like that fires me up. Like that's huge what they're building in the desert. So you could, again, I feel like him and Tom Brady's yep. impact, you could, you could flip flop, but that's definitely, excuse me one that you're going to feel right away and makes a huge difference
0: oh absolutely i was i was going through the exact same battle when trying to figure out my list Um, but it's crazy how the same move is number one on the most impactful and the most head scratching just from two different point of views it's crazy um but like like you said they are building something there in arizona they were that, that passing attack, the second half of that season last year, was incredible. I mean, really, after they got Kenyon Drake, that offense took a step, like a really big step, and they really showed a shit ton of promise. And now that they bring in DeAndre Hopkins, like just listen to this cast of weapons. DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Akeem Butler... Keyshawn Johnson and and Kenyon Drake. I don't they they don't need what else do you need? I mean, that is an absolutely like that arsenal of weapons that they can just throw at you is insane. They got a little bit of everything. Absolutely everything. I mean, they've they've got a different every every wide receiver on that roster is a little bit different. They can each do things differently. And with this I don't even know what you want to call Kingsbury, a a genius or just an offensive guy. I just put him as an offensive air raid. Yeah, He's smart. And innovative. He's innovative. He's innovative. Exactly. You give him all these weapons. You might not win a lot of games with Cliff Kingsbury, but damn, you are going to score a shit ton of points, especially with those weapons. With Kyler Murray and those weapons offensive weapons that I just named like holy cow if their defense can just be average you know just average they're going to be really scary next season absolutely
1: yeah and like the NFC West again just like the NFC East like that's just going to be a fun division to watch because it's going to be competitive top to bottom
0: top to bottom I mean yeah San Francisco is going to be great Seattle with, with you know Wilson and Carroll are always good.
1: They're always in the
0: mix. Exactly. And, and now that you have Arizona it, and exactly. LA and
1: Arizona was that weak spot too. Exactly. Like, and now what they're putting together, and again, Kyler Murray's ability on his own to like make plays, oh, regardless of so who's around him. But you just continue to add these crazy pieces, and now you know, off season, stuff like that screwed up. So these guys can't necessarily don't have the time to like really get the feel for each other, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be, be, it's going to look like a video game at times. The, the stuff that this offense is doing and the yardage and the points that they're going to be able to put up just by adding Hopkins. And they they were going to, they were going to be good without him. That's like, that's the crazy thing is you you just put him in the fold. And again, I, I'm excited by the prospect of, Hopkins and Fitzgerald being able to sit down and Hopkins being able to learn from him because mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald is like one of my favorite, favorite players in the league for a long time, just mm-hmm. good dude. And he's just been doing it for forever. He's hard not to root for. Absolutely. So that combination is, is just going to be insane. So yeah, it is funny how, depending on which lens you look at, this was the best move in the off season <laughs> and the uh-huh. same move was also the worst, right? Like, Absolutely. Oh man just the incompetency of houston and bill o'brien right like whew, it's unbelievable Thanks.
0: black no sense to me
1: it'll be weird to see hop in a different uniform because he always kind of came off as a guy who was gonna be a lifer right like yeah. he was gonna be there through it all the good times and the bad but again ownership so it'll be weird to see hop in the arizona cardinals it uniform will. but those will be fun games to watch. I really hope that we're able to to get a full season of football and see yeah, what this too. team can turn into, right? Like if they just shore up the offensive line and they, and they fix some of the holes on defense, I don't, I don't see why they couldn't be in the mix with the NFC, I don't know, two, three years,
0: Absolutely. possibly
1: even right now. You know, who right. knows? It just depends how that offense performs if they can cover up some of those flaws exactly. the more complete this team continues to get it's a hell of a foundation to start with
0: Absolutely, a i'm i'm on board with this whole cliff kingsbury calamari experiment is there any um really good signings or trades that we didn't get to that didn't make your list that you kind of want to mention here real quick
1: yeah, we, we kind of had mentioned it earlier, but I have Derek Wolf to the Ravens because, again, that's just shoring up that defensive yeah. front and being able to have that with the secondary that they have on top of the offense that they have, that's an instant upgrade. So that was a huge get for Baltimore. Um, and then I think there's still some left in the tank. I think it was sort of weird for Los Angeles to move on from him, but I kind of like Todd Gurley to Atlanta.
0: I, yeah. He's on my uh, honorable mention too. You know, he's still, he's still good. You know, yeah. is he MVP Todd Gurley? No, you know? And, you know, I, I know he, and along with, you know, really every running back in the league, but him more than any, he's one cut away from tearing that, that knee. Like that knee is not good, you know? So, but again, that's every, that's everyone. You know, so um, but if he can just be 80 percent of the guy that he was, that's a great signing for Atlanta. Absolutely great. You know, only six million for a guy who could potentially who has the potential, at least to change your offense instantly. Do it. That's perfect.
1: Yeah. And like he's he's a do it all back. He's essentially what the Falcons have had. Where they would have a two running back system, but he's just one guy now. He's one guy, right? So absolutely. I, I personally like that. Again, I think he's going there with a one year kind of prove it deal, and hopefully he makes LA kind of regret what they did, right? Kind of yeah, look hopefully. at me now type deal. Because I, right. I like Todd Gurley, but the reality Easy. is, is again he's not what he once was. So I got Todd Gurley right. for that, um, and then another one too, just based upon. T- Team needs it wasn't, it wasn't sexy, but it it helps. I have, uh, I like Jermaine Affetti too to the Bears because again, yeah, it's addressing,
0: great,
1: yeah, it's addressing an issue that they need. Um, and it was only again a one year deal, so who knows what the money would look right. like after this year to maybe try to put some kind of long term thing together. But right. I, I thought that was a great get. I was surprised when I saw that name pop up Me in too. my notifications.
0: Me too. Uh, yeah, no, like. And given the fact that it was a one-year kind of prove-it deal for someone who has played well in his career, that's kind of shocking to me, you know. So, and I mean, I, I get that. Like, we're so hyper-specific on Chicago a lot of times because we live and breathe the Bears. So we're yeah. probably the only ones that have that move as as one of the most impactful under-the-radar under moves, you know. Um, but I'm totally with you. I think that's a really good signing. Uh, speaking of Chicago. A guy who left um, and went to Oakland, Nick Quitowski. I think that's a really good move for Oakland. Like, and it's also a good move that Chicago let him walk. I mean, and that they brought yeah. Trevathan back. You know, I mean, you you can't complain with that. But also, Quitowski is a good guy. Like, like he's he's just one of those guys who's like your fan favorite. He's not great, but man, he's just so solid at everything. Like, he's going to be good on the field. He's going to be good in the locker room. The fans are going to like him. He's perfect for John Rudin and what Oakland needs like they need more of those guys on defense and he fits that perfectly and they didn't overpay for him either only 7 million a year that's perfect
1: like he's the he's he's the type of player where when you see him out on the field you're never questioning his effort like the dude is Absolutely. 200% every single snap so Absolutely. yeah it, it sucked to see him go but there was the reality that they weren't going to be able to afford both him and Trevathan Absolutely. so i'm happy for him go get your paycheck but it did suck to see him go but no, I think he'll be a great fit in Oakland. That's definitely kind of an under the radar, big move per se.
0: Absolutely. Uh, another another move that I really liked. A guy, I, I it was an interesting move, but I think it really works for him. And I know I was bashing uh, Detroit for taking a lot of guys from New England and Miami. Just did the same thing this offseason with Brian Flores, but I really, I really love Kyle Van Noy. And he got a lot. He got a good amount of money from Miami, and I know that a lot of a lot of pass rushers who leave New England don't ever pan out. I have a feeling with him that he is going to be different. I do. Maybe he won't put up the sack numbers that he did in New England, but like we were just talking about with Kujawauskis, that dude's kind of nuts, and he just plays with his head off. You know, has with his head cut off all game long. You know he, he he's different. I I really wanted the Bears to go after him. You know I I didn't think they were going to go after a pass, pass rusher pass in the first place, but they did with Robert Quinn. Um, yeah. I really love Khalifan. I think it's a great signing. I wish I wish he would have gone to Chicago, but I think he's going to do some really good things in Miami. I really do.
1: Yeah, and I think that's even something like you could even give Miami's offseason overall a pretty good grade. Like they were yeah. wheeling and dealing. I mean just just the names that they were bringing in like they they went from obviously tank mode to now they're like all right cool let's put this thing together so yeah obviously the familiarity with Flores and bringing in a veteran guy like that it's a step in the right direction most oh, definitely for for Miami
0: right yeah, absolutely
1: nope I don't know where it is oh well but um yeah, and I mean, even kind of staying, you said you weren't expecting it. I wasn't either, but I don't hate the move because the more head on the monsters, the better. Is I don't mind Robert Quinn. I was surprised I by the move. But again, just keep adding heads to the monster, right? Like, who needs a, a secondary when you're never going to have time to get the ball off? Because right. you, you, you can't double Hicks, Goldman, Mack, and Quinn. You can't do that, right? So at least at some point, one of those guys is going to have his way with some poor offensive lineman.
0: Absolutely. You know, it was uh, – if we're going by shocking moves, that was probably one of the more shocking and surprising moves, you know, Robert Quinn to Chicago. Um, And it's a good move. He is 30. He hasn't played well in a 3-4 system, which is what we have. Um, But he's been so productive over his career. And he has been healthy the past few seasons, so it makes sense. It's a good move. It's not a great move. It could end up being an awful move. It could end up being a great move. You know, nobody knows yet. It's it's definitely a risky move, but I think it's definitely worth the risk. You know, maybe not for Jimmy Graham. You know, but that that's different. That's a different conversation. But uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Is uh, are there any more that you wanted to get to?
1: That was that's pretty much everybody else that I had yep. on my list. Me too. But like I like I said, it was even hard to to narrow it down from that. But um, yeah, I I feel like for the most part we kind of agree with some of the best, and it's oh man, yeah. we, just we just need football to start. That's yeah, all, that's all real. I got to say.
0: For real. Um, what wait one more that I I didn't mention that I really okay. I think it's a really good signing, um, in. I love the potential of this deal and for this team is Vic Beasley to Tennessee, a one year. I think it was ten million, you know, a year to Tennessee is perfect. Like that's what they need. They need a potential guy off the edge that can absolutely wreck a game, and they don't have to pay for an over overpay for a guy like Clowney to come in and do that. They give a one year proof of deal with a guy like Vic who. I mean, shit, the, the year that Atlanta went to the Super Bowl, I think he led the NFL in sacks. And I mean, he's been MIA since then, but yeah. at least he showed that potential early in his career. It's not like he's 30 or something. I mean, he's just getting off his rookie deal. So to me, a one-year proof deal with that team, that signing has the potential to be so under, under the radar and so it could benefit that defense so much. And, you know, you would never, you never would have thought it. To begin with you know it's kind of an Overthought and it If he goes out and has 15 sacks That team takes such a Giant step forward because they really Lacked that this past season so um, It could it could really end up working out But that's the only one that's all that I have That's all that I have so
1: Yeah Like I said it was You want to add no, I mean again, other other than Miami at this point clearly being like all right, like we're ready to build because, you know, adding Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, Byron Jones making him the highest paid, then bringing yeah. in Eric Flowers, right? Someone who was able to kind of turn their career around. Sign my boy Jordan Howard. Eh. Yeah. I, I I still dislike him. I don't know if he's really going to, you know, blow yeah. your balls off, but I like him still. So, it'll be interesting to see what they're building in Miami. I still I still, Still don't get what they're planning. Quarter, I Josh, Josh Rosen is an anomaly. Oh, I really absolutely. don't get it because I feel like, like obviously, you know, they're in the mix for Herbert and Tua, and there's talks that somehow, you know, Cincinnati like trades down or something like that, and he Burrow ends up in Miami. I I don't get why we're so quick to turn the page on Rosen. Like there must be something that we don't know. Yeah. It's is gotta be just outside people or fans because again, Rosen was never really given a fair shot whether that be in Arizona right. or even in Miami, but it's like shoot this this team could realistically kind of win now.
0: Right. Yeah. as, they, a, they as really opposed could. to
1: bringing in a rookie and having him kind of work his way through the system and developing. Like based upon the moves that they made this off season, if you plug and play Rosen, they could win now as opposed to 2 3 years down the road when Whomever they draft is is ready and has a hang of the system and ready to ready to start playing, you
0: know. That that's why to me a guy like Jameis Winston makes sense for Miami because let let, let's say Miami drafts Tua and he's not quite ready to play this season, but you don't want to tank because you have a good roster and you have your quarterback of the future already on the roster, but he's just not quite ready. Get a guy like Jameis who could come in and you know his potential. You know, is really high. He could take that team to the playoffs and maybe more. But if it doesn't work out quick, you can just nip 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 him in the butt and bring in Fitzpatrick, just like Tampa Bay did. So, uh, I mean, it that that would make sense to me that you know, for any team that drafts Tua, a guy like Cam or Jameis would be would be perfect. I know I just went a little off the radar, but yeah, uh, Miami. I don't know what they're doing at the quarterback position. I mean, I really don't. And I don't know what what's wrong with Rosen, or why there's no mention of him getting moved anywhere. You know, if like if they are going to draft their quarterback, are they are they just going to keep Josh Rosen on the roster? Like, wh- like that doesn't make any sense. But then are are you just going to release him after you just traded the second round pick for him the year before? To me, that doesn't none of that makes sense like he he it's not like he's been awful you know I mean he okay he didn't look good I get that but look at the situations that he's been put in two terrible teams that were trying to tank like exactly I mean I don't know I would love to see him somehow find his way into New England and just whether he's cut and he just signs there on a practice squad deal and just to work in that system, just for a little bit, because I think if he got there, that place could really, really turn his career around really quickly.
1: And yeah, that's the weird thing. Like, I don't know if it's some kind of personal thing because even when he was at UCLA, he, he had a different offensive coordinator every year he started. So the dude obviously right. has football smarts to be able to have success. Like exactly. he wasn't. He, he, he's what like a top top ten pick, number ten overall, I think. I think so. Yeah, so it's like I, the football smarts are there at this point, but what else is going on? So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah, does he go to New England? What does New England do? Stidham's their guy. There's there's still a lot more pieces that can kind of fall into oh, yeah. place here for the rest of the uh, the off season. Sure. But the the first kind of wave has been unbelievable.
0: Absolutely. And it happened in like two days, it felt yep. like. It went by so quickly. And now since then there hasn't been shit in the sports world. And it's it's making me really sad because I mean like like I mentioned, I think it was pre show, uh like this is supposed to be the time where like this is a sports fan's dream. Like the final four is supposed to be this weekend. Like March Madness, we're missing out. On. We're missing out on opening day. The Masters. Like you know, uh, like the NBA is starting to wrap, you know, ratchet its uh, its season up, you know, getting geared up for the playoffs, like, and we're missing all of it, you know. It's and we don't know when it's coming back, is, which is the worst yep. part. Uh, it's it's sad, it's really sad, but you know what? There's nothing we can do about it. So
1: nope,
0: it just has to come back soon. You're right. We need football. We need
1: hopefully. Football. Hopefully, this will provide a small bit of light during uncertain times for some.
0: hopefully. and you know what? Um, we will be putting out another episode here soon about what we think um sports will look like um after the coronavirus is over. like what what our team what are sports well what are these leagues gonna do? you know, and we'll talk about that. you know, I mean, obviously, we have no idea. Nobody knows, but it's an interesting thing to talk about. So,
1: yeah, because obviously there's rumors at this point spinning around saying, oh, they'll play regular season baseball into October, or we could get like summer football for college football. So, right.
0: There's a lot of
1: yep, It'll be interesting to uh, see how that develops. And it'll be interesting to follow uh, NFL offseason as we get closer to the draft. If there is a draft,
0: if there is one. Right. Who
1: knows? I, I guess there's still maybe probably will be, but it'll be different in some capacity if it's just like right. just people sitting on their couches and just getting phone calls as opposed <laughs> right. to the whole pomp of it. You know, I don't know. Right. We shall see how the NFL world will play it out and take precautions throughout all this crazy Corona pandemic.
0: We we shall. And you know what? We'll be here to talk about all of it uh, again. Thank you guys um, for listening. And I always forget to mention this during the show, but you're listening to Bear With Us. Uh, I'm Jordan Jensen.
1: Still co-host, Joe Blansky.
0: And we will talk to you guys later.